Hey everybody, welcome back to another special edition of the This Week in Marvel podcast. I am sitting in the esteemed office of Marvel Senior VP Executive Editor Tom Brevoort, who is not does not have his eyes open right now. There they go. <laughs> there they are. He's struggling to wake up. They're open. We're fine. I am Marvel.com Editor Ben Morse, and I am sitting here on a Monday afternoon, two days before Infinity Number 4 is going to come out. We're going to talk about Infinity Number 3. As always, I walk in when Tom seems at his busiest, but I feel like if I come in any time between Monday and Friday, <laughs> you look very busy. Well, uh, yeah, it's mon- it's Monday, so we're still doing Friday's work. Yeah, that's true. Like I said, you got the weekend coming up. So yeah. This week we've actually got New York Comic Con. Yeah, big deal. That big is going to be big. I know we're all, that means none of us get a weekend this weekend. No, no, but it also means this week's books have to go out yeah. by Thursday, yeah. not Friday. Yeah. So this Monday stuff has got to stop. All right, so we should probably cut to the chase then. But New York Comic Con, you're going to be on our Marvel live stream. We'll have you on. I believe so. Some questions. At some point. I did, yeah. I put you down on the schedule, so hopefully. Yeah, you have to send that to me again. I will send that to I, you. I asked for a schedule today, and people said, uh, it hasn't changed since the last time we gave it to you. That's not my which, department. I don't which, know. I don't if that's. I don't know what that department. I is, need all get, the stuff will, in one place, Ben. I, I will get you my if schedule. If there is, if there are two or three schedules, then there's not one schedule. Do I'm not a complicated me, man. I, I just want a single schedule, a digital or a piece of paper that tells me where I need to be and what I need to do at every time. So here's what I'll do. I will tell everyone else with all the other schedules <laughs> that everything for Tom now comes through me, <laughs> and then I'll send you one schedule. And it will basically place you where I need you to be. See, that would work. I'll just roll everyone out. All right, listen, we're talking about Infinity Number 3. Infinity Number 3. Came out a few weeks ago. Uh, written by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Jerome Opeña, Dustin Weaver, and the whole team. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's try to spark your memories of it since you a while <laughs> ago. This, was, this is a bit of a turning point issue. Um, up until this point, I think a lot of the story has been setting up the threat setting up where we need characters to be. This was the issue where our heroes kind of started reacting to things that had taken place. On one hand, you had, because um, Star-Lord's father, Jason, had kind of screwed things up in terms of the Builders versus Galactic Council War, you had Captain America having to come up with a plan to put the Galactic Council back in the thick of things. Right. And then on the other side of the universe, back on Earth, Thanos finally descended and showed up on Black Bolt's doorstep. So Black Bolt. See, I said he was going to do that. I know. When he we talked it. about issue two. Yeah. And he did. He did. So ah. you can. <laughs> your, your word is gold. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So Black Bolt took his uh, his preparations and he dealt with Thanos or dealt with him to an extent. You'll see more of that in issue number four, but set off his own contingencies. So really, we had a lot of. Uh, Heroes actually doing stuff. <laughs> Although one of the things I like about Infinity is that Heroes have been doing stuff from the start. From the very first issue, the Avengers were right in the thick of things, getting into battles. Yes, and yes, they've, doing they've, stuff like they that. have been uh, they have been active. So active that it's not even all just in Infinity, but in the other right. the other books around it. A perfect segue to my first question, because one of the things that happens is Infinity number three to open is we get. Not a recap per se, because as we know, Avengers and New Avengers are somewhat crucial chapters. Right, but right. we saw in between number two and number three a lot of different takes in Avengers, in Avengers Assemble, and Captain Marvel on the same moment, which was the 
Avengers going and liberating Captain Marvel and the other prisoners right. from the Builder's ship. Uh, Starbrand lashing out and kind of claiming it for a big win for the Avengers. Yeah. Now, this happens again in Infinity Number 3, even though we already saw it a few times. And so I guess I wanted to ask you, how do you approach recapping an event like that within the book when you've kind of said this is a, this is a book where the tie-in chapters are somewhat key, but you are still, to some degree, catching people up in case they miss Well, I mean, you're trying for the, for the central book to be complete in and of itself. And mm-hmm. despite the fact that we failed at that completely... <laughs> Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't still try. Yeah. Uh, plus, I can't guarantee that anybody will have read any of the tie-ins, particularly the further the further outlying you go in tie-ins, the less likely it becomes that anybody has read them, or or, or the majority of readers has read them. Right. Um, you know, that scene and that sequence originated in Infinity First. Mm-hmm. Um, it was reflected and pre-reflected. Uh, in other books, yeah. uh, so, you know, a week sooner, two weeks sooner, yeah. uh, in certain cases, because that's just the ebb and flow of the of the publishing. Uh, but to not have it here would have just been confusing. In right. that, the last time we would have seen these characters is uh, falling into a black hole and you know yeah. being captivated by the builders, uh, and then suddenly they'd just be back among the Avengers. And right. I think that would be more confusing to more people. Than the opposite. I know there are at least one or two fans who felt like, oh, this was nothing but ten pages of recap of stuff I already read and saw. Right. Uh, and I'm sorry about that, but by the same token, if you're buying everything associated with the event, you have to assume there's going to be at least a little it's bit overlap. of overlap. Yeah. Um, you know, again, if you just read Avengers Assemble and Captain Marvel, there are points, you know, between those two books that overlap and, and intersect right. because you're seeing the same events even if though you might be seeing them from a different character's point of view or a few minutes earlier a few minutes later depending on what title you happen to be in uh, that's just the nature of the beast I think I have to imagine the builder's story the outer space story is tie-in wise got to be a little easier to coordinate just because it's really just Kelly Sue comics books Captain Marvel and Avengers Assemble whereas the Earth stuff goes a little further afield. Yeah, yeah, although, again, the later in you get, mm-hmm. you, know, you start to get you know, Guardians of the Galaxy books right. and issues of Nova and things like that that aren't necessarily uh, as completely out with the Avengers as uh, as Captain Marvel is right now or Avengers right. Assemble, but, you know, that, 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 that deal with stuff on that as well. Yeah. Um, and you would think it would be easier, but in fact it's probably more difficult because... Uh, in terms of the other books and what Thanos has going on on Earth, mm-hmm. he's got a whole army of guys who are right. on Earth doing stuff in a lot of places. So it's an easier tie-in. Yeah, so if right. you're Nova and you're living in carefree Arizona and some of Thanos' guys come to pillage through or to, or to, to do whatever it is that they're doing on that day's particular mission or quest, uh, it's pretty easy to deal with. Um, you know, you don't really need to coordinate that much with anybody else. Whereas, if you're dealing with, say, Captain Marvel, and you're mm-hmm. writing that book, and Captain Marvel's part of the Avengers and part right. of that that assault force and involved in this particular mission, you're kind of stuck. You have to be in lockstep with that, and that's much more intimately connected. Interesting. To the point where you get things like this, where yeah. people feel like, oh, I've already seen a lot of the stuff already. Yeah. You kind of have because you know there's only so far field you can go 
especially with a Captain Marvel book when she's right there at that place at that time. Yeah, it's true. I guess there, you know, you have the different kind of events and crossovers over the years. There's definitely the events. It's almost easier to do a tie-in book, and like you said with the Thanos stuff, because you have those those lieutenants, those sub bosses who right. you can plug them in. You don't need Thanos in every book. You can have different Blackwater members. Whereas with the Builders, it's kind of we got the one fight going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's broad enough, too, that it's sure. like you couldn't have... You can look at different aspects of it. Yeah, different, different people on different on. planets being attacked by Aleph's and, and uh, whatnot. But uh, if you're talking about, you know, where the central heroes are, you know, if you're one of, like, the 18 or 20 Avengers who are out there, right. we're pretty clear on where all those guys are. Right. Um, so if you're one of them and you're doing a Shang-Chi book, yeah. you know, Shang is right there. Yeah. There's not a lot of leeway. Yeah, you don't have a lot. You don't have as much wiggle room as if it's just you're you're somewhere in the world, right? And stuff is going on, and you know you build your story around the fact that stuff is happening. Interesting. Look at the mechanism there. I like that. Uh, As to the story itself, after the Avengers do liberate their people, uh, and they seem to score this win over the Builders, it then pivots a little bit backwards, and that the Builders get angry and uh, they step up their game a little, and we start to see both before and after what we'll call the Starbrand event, um, <laughs> that certain members of the Galactic Council are starting to pull out. And we see a whole montage of, you know, the Builders have taken a lot of worlds. Right. They've basically gotten a lot of people, like, saw Yondu's people and uh, the Chameleons and they've various doing, races. They've been doing stuff. Yeah, they've been, uh, they've, they've been doing stuff All that we haven't necessarily seen. All the funky-looking people of the galaxy are being... Yeah, it's true. The funkier-looking, the, the quicker they surrender. <laughs> um, and, of course, a big one is that the Kree uh, turnover. That's, that's kind of the big win, I guess, right, right. for the builders. Now, what strikes me is in examining the Galactic Council, there's a great scene where Ronan basically says, you know, I want to keep fighting, but I can't. Supreme Intelligence says, i got to go home. Uh, Jason, unsurprisingly, takes off and goes and defends his world. But you've got the races that stay and say, we're going to keep fighting. You've got the Skrulls, who really don't have a world, I guess, so they've got nothing to lose. I mean, it's not like they don't have planets here and there. But there's far fewer of them than there used to be. Yeah. Uh, they don't have as much territory. And, uh, yeah, again, much like the Cree, they're a martial race to begin with. Yeah. So, um, you know, given a choice between fighting something and not fighting something, they're more likely to want to fight. Right. So why do the Cree go in the other direction? Well, the Supreme Intelligence is smarter than that. That's true. Uh, you know, Skrulls don't have a Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, he, he, he lays it out a little bit. Uh, in one of the one of the uh, Avengers books, oh, he just keeps listing percentages of what's going to happen, <laughs> yeah. which was great. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know he's he's run the math, and that's that's what he's there to be. He's the yep. the smartest guy in the room, and he's taken the long and takes the long view yeah. on uh, you know what's best for the the Kree. Uh, yeah, it's fine. You know things will come and go. Yeah. yeah, this battle is won or lost. If we live and we survive, you know whether it's in a hundred years or a thousand years, we can rise again. But if we're wiped out, then we're wiped out. So, yeah, uh, you know, better to do this at this moment than you know for, for what the stakes are, which are not too important to us. Uh, this is fine. This is what we got to do. It's funny because I think there's a lot of times you generalize, probably because of the Kree Skrull War, that the Kree and the Skrull are you know two sides of the same coin. They're just Earth's major menaces, but there really is kind of a big philosophical difference in terms of the scrolls being, you know, 
warlike all the time, and whereas the Kree are very conquest oriented, they do have the supreme intelligence. Yeah, well, the, the Kree are martial uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, they're more regimented, mm-hmm. more... Uh, more uh, militaristic. Uh, yeah, more Spartan yeah. than, uh, than, uh, than the, the Skrulls. But no less, uh, you know, a machine... Pretty much their, the entirety of their culture is devoted to uh, uh, waging war and yeah. conquering planets and so forth. And, and science... They made the Inhumans. Yeah, yeah, they, they well, yeah. yeah, but they made the Inhumans when they as Skrulls as done that. as uh, a weapon thing. Well, that's the, true. the Skrulls made a cosmic cube, so yeah, that's true. They had they, that, they okay. had that going on. Okay, I guess they went on that one. <laughs> well, all right. Little little known fact: the 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 Kree got all of their early tech from the Skrulls. That's true. Yeah. So uh, really, it's the Skrulls' own fault for not taking better care of their stuff. As, as much as, as much I love the Avengers, you know all these characters really this has been the most fascinating part of infinity for me is like really digging into these races who all have these rich histories they've been established not just in the early appearances but throughout but so often they're just kind of you know alien race number three right the guys who are coming to invade earth this week uh having the builders as the central threat i really like how it's expanded a little bit you know just that we're sitting here have a conversation about Scrolls and the Creed. Not that probably every person on the street would have this conversation. <laughs> right. But, and again, getting back, we've talked so much about the Shi'ar in these podcasts, and it struck me again that they are the one group that really say, we're going to stay and fight. We have a lot to lose. They have a huge empire, but they're not really, they're not staying out of any selfish reasons. It seems like they're staying for the most noble reasons. Yeah, for the, the right thing. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, um, and again, some of that has to do with it being Gladiator, who's, yeah, of course, who's leading them, who's less of a of a a, a, a prince or a king or a ruler sure. than than he is a, a, not even a general but yeah. a foot soldier. Again, Melander probably would have done the Kree. Yeah, might very very well might have, yeah. and uh, Deathbird probably as well. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it has everything to do with the fact that uh, uh, you know Gladiator is the guy that he is mm-hmm. that uh, that pushes them into that course of action. Right, and then on the out, kind of the outliers who I even forgot about until I went back and read the tie is you have you have the Brood are there somewhere. Yes, and they just they just seem to stay and they're just like. We we have eggs ready. Yeah, like, pr- pretty yeah. much. Yeah, they they don't have a lot of complicated yeah. chicanery going on. They're pretty primal. Yes, it's like yeah, if you need a fight, we'll yeah, yeah they're, bugs. they're bugs. And then you've got Annihilus, who is maybe the most interesting of all for me because I get the sense that he doesn't. And I could be completely off base here. I get the sense that he doesn't really view the builders as a threat to him quite yet because the negative zone is far removed, whether he's right or not. Right, but. Again, he's the type of character who, if there's a fight, is going to kind of stay and. Well, there's definitely the there's certainly some some truth to that. Yeah, uh, Annihilus, uh, you know, he's called the living death that walks. Yeah, and <laughs> and you know, for for a reason, he kind of enjoys doing this stuff. Yeah, I loved uh, in the Avengers tie-in issue when, and this is of course because I love the original Annihilation. When Gladiator, or he said something about like you know I can just unleash the annihilation wave again, and Gladiator said, "Well, will it do the same thing it did last time?" He's like, "Probably," and they're like, "Well, no, <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would 
<laughs> that would not be good for any of us. Well, just, well, yes. They're kind of like, oh well. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's very interesting to me to watch how the different races break down, and also how they relate to the Avengers. And it's it's interesting, of course, to see you know Gladiator deferring to Cap on some stuff, to see Super Scroll coming in and saving Avengers. Sure. Um, it's not so much a question; it's just an interesting part of this book. Well, I'm really glad enjoyed you're that. enjoying it. Yes, that. you definitely sold me on that. We also see for the first time, uh, in regards to how to treat the Kree surrender, a split in the builder philosophy. We have one builder talking to another saying, why do we need all this pageantry? Why do we need them to, you know, bend their knee? Why don't we just take the planet? And the other one's saying, no, this is important. We need to uh, we need to set an example and, and the rest will fall. Is this one of the builders being older and just kind of knowing his stuff? Is this the builders actually do think for themselves? What's I would have here? to go back and double check this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm afraid I'm going to be wrong. Somebody's going to... Uh, uh, right into the podcast, and, and I'm going to be completely off base. I don't think you can write into a podcast. Well, you could you could write you into. You can them. tweet me. Yes, there you go. Yeah, right. You could you could email <laughs> in. You could send a message. Yeah. A carrier pigeon there's, over there's, the airwaves. There's a way to communicate. I'm just I'm just niggling over. But uh, I believe, if my memory is correct, that's an exchange between a creator and an yeah, engineer. It is. So that's what I was asking, uh, and that's really yeah. you know that that that's really the sole divide that we see between yeah. uh, the builders that there are two types: there are creators and engineers, guys who think it up and guys mm-hmm. who make it happen. Uh, and so within those uh, two paradigms, there are two you know there can be two separate points of view or two different philosophies. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that one is older than the other; it's that these guys sort of think more this way, and those guys think more that way. Mm-hmm. So, out of all this, out of everyone starting to lose planets, Captain America, they turn to Captain America, which, again, is great. Right. Because this whole time he's been kind of sitting off in the corner being like, no, when you need me, when you need me, I'll be here. (laughs) Be here to come up with a plan like I always do. And finally Gladiator turns to him and says, like, look, we need a plan. And his plan is basically to trick the builders into thinking they're they're leading. It's almost a -a rope-a-dope. They're leading with their right, and then they come in with the left. Right, right. Um... It, oh, I guess I guess it astounds me still. See those that, those rope dope those those yeah. Muhammad Ali uh, uh, broadcast yeah. signals haven't traveled far enough yeah. yet for the builders to have watched those fights, and so it was a complete surprise. I thought you I thought, I thought you were going to say they were just lost <laughs> on everyone on this listening to this podcast, but yeah, no, you're right. Everyone they've not that they haven't gotten it yet. A few yeah. weeks from now, yeah. they're going to get those and go. Ah, oh, if what he only was doing. we'd had it earlier. I guess the thing with get the, cable. Yeah. Not the character. Not the character. (laughs) Although, no. Um, I guess it's just like, to me, it's still astounding that Cap, you know, he was in the Kree Scroll War, he was in Operation Galactic Storm, but as far as a character, he's got to be just breaking it down and saying, like, all right, I got to put aside the fact that these beings are of such tremendous power. Because he's not Thor, he's not someone who fights characters this big every second. He is still Steve Rogers at the end of the day. But he's able to kind of break away from the enormity of what he's fighting and just go down, well, basic strategy still works. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a... Uh, the, the scale of what Cap is doing here is larger than, I think, pretty much anything he's done of this nature yeah. in the past. I think so. Um, because just the sheer number of, of, of people, of beings involved... Uh, and the scale on which you're dealing with this. You know, if you can't take that sort of remote view on it, 
you're not going to be able to make any sense of it at all. Um, so it definitely puts Cap in uh, a situation that is not in his usual comfort zone, uh, and and uh, you know makes him stretch some muscles that mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't had to use this way before. All right, I want to talk quickly before we jump down to Earth about that Starbrand moment where <laughs> we jump down to Earth, <laughs> where I saw gravity over the weekend. Oh, did you? That's pretty much that's pretty much the whole plot of the movie right there. Jumping 90, down to Earth. 90 minutes. They steal it from us. Ninety minutes. No. <laughs> so, the Starbrand moment is that uh, the Avengers rescue team comes in. They free Captain Marvel, Hawkeye, Sunspot, Cannonball, and they liberate Starbrand. Nightmask, Abyss, and Captain Universe. And before they go, it's Captain Marvel who basically says to Starbrand, is it Captain Marvel or is it Black Widow? Um, I think it, it's Captain Marvel. It's, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, they both kind of nudge Starbrand to right. say, hey, why don't you, you know, make a big show? <laughs> <laughs> right. What was behind that moment, both in terms of, you know, in-universe, why do they have him do this, but also story-wise... Starbrand is still a relatively new character. It's an older concept, but it's a new character. Um, was it intended, kind of, let's let's give this character a spotlight moment here in the center of the event to kind of say this is a guy who's going to be well, important? Well, well, sure. It's, you know, <laughs> anytime you feature any character like this. Yeah, of course. Uh, in this, you know, and he's sort of intimately tied into the, the storyline as a whole mm-hmm. in that his whole origin is that he's effectively a planetary defense mechanism. Now he's a thing that was put in place the second uh, order of uh, of system that was uh, put in place by the builders way back to safeguard uh, you know the earth. Um, so it's a it's a bit of a moment that uh, that's used against them, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, you know again sort of a big statement for the character. Yeah. Plus, you know, a big explosion is always good. Yeah, and it was drawn very nicely. <laughs> he made it look very cool. All right. So we're doing the gravity thing. We're going down to Earth. You do your sound effect again. There we go. And what we have down on Earth, this is, I mean, this was more of a space-heavy issue. The Earth stuff really came at the end, and that was that we saw Black Bolt shooing the Inhumans away from Adelan, getting everyone going, yep. turning on his big machine, and then Thanos shows up, and they have a conversation. Thanos says, you know, where's, where are all these kids I asked for? <laughs> Black Bolt does not have them. Uh... Before Black Bolt and Thanos go at it, we have a moment with Maximus kind of offering his perspective. Maximus is in a very unique place in this story in that he's really the only other guy who knows what Black Bolt is up to. Right. Uh, He's Black Bolt's confidant in this. (coughs) But, of course, he's also Maximus, so he's crazy. Um, What is Maximus's role and his perspective in this, and why is it different than if Black Bolt had, say, let... Iron Man in on what he was doing. Well, uh, you know, the biggest difference, I mean, clearly there's no other difference between Iron Man and Maximus. Yeah, they're very similar characters. Then, uh, then, <laughs> <laughs> then the, you know, the, the fact that Maximus is an inhuman mm-hmm. and Maximus is Black Bolt's brother, for good or ill. Yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's a societal, there's, a, there's an ancestral connection, and there's a familial connection. And Maximus is super smart for all of these crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can, he can sort of grasp the big picture of things. Um, you know, these things, what, exactly what Black Bolt is doing and how he's going about it and where it will lead and so forth uh, isn't necessarily stuff that, that Tony would go along with mm-hmm. or go along with this way or might have another 
you know, mad, crazy plan to deal with. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the plain fact is this is this is in humans dealing with their people and their turf. Uh, so it's got to kind of be an inhuman that he's dealing with. Right. So this Black Bolt was not going to trust this anyone else in the Illuminati. He wasn't going to trust. He didn't even trust the other inhumans. He didn't really entirely trust Maximus with it. Maximus well, kind of ferreted yeah. a bunch of this stuff out. Yeah. So you're making the best of a bad situation. Right. So we have Black Bolt confront Thanos. And these are two just great, classic, huge characters. I mean, Black Bolt's in one of the best League Kirby creations for my money from original Fantastic Four. And then you have Thanos just yep. become larger than life. To my recollection, and you know more of this stuff than I do, this is why I'm asking you, have they ever fought before? I don't rem- I can't recall a mm-hmm. time when they fought. You know, there may have been somewhere in the myriad of infinity this yeah. is and that that I feel like the humans there are may have off been to the side. a panel here yeah. or there or a sequence here or there, but I don't recall it. Yeah, I feel like every time the Marvel universe is kind of banded together to take down Thanos, the inhumans have been off right. doing their own thing. Except maybe maybe Cersei or Crystal were there. Right. Right. But yeah, never Black Bolt. So that yep. was cool to me. Yep. Um, and look at that. Here are characters that have been around for 40, 50 years yeah. who've, you know, who, who are on this scale and have never had a throwdown. Yeah, and, I, and they have a bigger one in issue four, which we'll talk about more. But I guess just... It shows that there's still plenty of stuff to be done with a yeah. lot of these uh, characters and situations, I guess despite the fact they've been around for so long. I guess that's what I'm getting at, but also for you as someone who has been, you know, not just a fan of Marvel figures, but been doing this job for a while, what's it like when you discover a pairing of two big characters like that and realize, like, wow, this is our chance to tell the first Black Bolt Thanos confrontation? Well, certainly it's, you know, certainly it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than telling the 15th. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and uh, telling the 15th, you have to you have to work harder in a different way because there are 14 that came before you. And right. uh, at least a few of those are probably remembered fondly and have set a bar that you now have to uh, exceed. It's not like you don't have to exceed those bars when it's two characters that haven't mm-hmm. come into conflict because we've seen Thanos fight a lot of guys. We've seen Black Bolt fight a lot of guys. Uh, so there is a there is a, a bar there, but it's you know virgin territory. And when it's with characters that are as storied as these, yeah, uh, that doesn't happen all that often. Um, you know, it's the sort of thing where you don't really even think about it until you stare at it for a little while and go, yeah, you know, I don't think they ever have fought each mm-hmm. other before. Um, so uh, it's nice when you can uh, find one of those um, because you're you know you're dealing with characters that people automatically care about. They've mm-hmm. been around for so long and. People are, are clearly invested in them, uh, but you're giving them something that they haven't seen before or haven't experienced before. All right, so let's talk about the end of the issue, which is Thanos asking again for his tribute, Black Bolt screaming no at him over two pages, and then just a massive... Giant block letters. Yeah, giant block Those were very cool. Uh, I like that expression of Black Bolt's powers. is just that the letter gets to work a little over time. <laughs> Uh, and then just a big explosion, and we're seeing it unfold in some of the tie-ins, what happened, and we'll see more in Infinity Number 4. But I guess how, how much... Working here, I knew exactly what the moment was. Right. And I was curious, how much were people supposed to get of what happened in that moment? Um, well, I people think... People seem to have gotten it pretty well. So. Yeah, I, I think people should have gotten that uh, Black Bolt you know, said no with his crazy, yeah. mega-powerful voice, yeah. and the city blew up. Yeah. 
Um, so that I think is well. That is clear. Yes. Yeah. That, I think that that in and of itself is pretty much all you need to get out of that moment. Yeah. Uh, and then there'll be another comic along in two weeks that yeah, we'll uh, yeah that, that, that will next. that will follow up on uh, on more of the particulars. Right. Cool. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot coming. There there was more. I guess what we're saying is uh, that was more than just an explosion. <laughs> Stuff. Stuff is happening, which we've talked about. It doesn't really need to be more than an explosion, though. An explosion yeah. is good enough. Explosion. People like an explosion. It's two in one issue. Star brand and Yes, this. yes. You're really earning your, your paycheck. You know it. We're <laughs> packed with explosives. Yeah. Of course, there's been interviews and stuff and releases and everything that says kind of what's coming next. But, you know, on this podcast, I like to choose to live in the, live in the <laughs> moment as much as we can. And let's just say it was an explosion. All right, we also had an Avengers tie-in, and I don't want to get too into that because I think we covered a bit of it as we went. But just kind of in terms of stuff that's happening next, because a lot which, of stuff which, is up Which here. Avengers tie-in, which issue was it? This was issue number 19, I want to say. All right. But I could be wrong. I have to cast my mind back it is, now. I'll tell you what happens in it. it is Because I've got Avengers 22 going out as soon as we're not, done with this podcast. It's not so. Avengers 22. The point That's is, I'm here's desk. here's what I'm reading right. now. So my that 19 might as well have been it is, six months ago. It is the issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two big things I want to talk about in it are number one, it's the issue where Ex Nihilo and Abyss, after Abyss gets liberated, go and meet up with the other okay. Alips. Okay. Yes. Which is very interesting because to this point, we talked a little bit before about how the Alips are kind of getting somewhat disillusioned with the builders and they're not doing what they originally intended. The other Ex, ex Nihilo. Yeah. Are they not Aleph's? No, the Aleph's are the, are the robot dudes. Oh, my God. Sorry. I, this, I had no, because here's the thing. This is why I have... Did ex- you not look at the little uh, no. chart on I have, page two? I have... There's a little chart ahead. We make a new one every issue. You can see issue. on my notebook. You can't see those. that I have <laughs> X Nihilai written down here. And then earlier in the episode, when you said Aleph's, I said, oh, man, are those called Aleph's? Because I know there are Aleph's, <laughs> and I don't have the chart in front of me, so all right. You should always consult the chart, Ben. So we've got Aleph's, we've got Creators, Engineers, yep. Ex Nihili, Abyssi, even though yep. there's only one Abyss. All right, so Abyss and Ex Nihili go and meet up with the other Ex Nihili. No Aleph's around. Um, what, what are, what's coming next in terms of that storyline? Because it seems like it's, it's kind of a pocket storyline over in Avengers that Ex Nihilo is dealing with the betrayal, the just the disillusion he has with the builders. And there's a big moment where he basically gathers with the other ex in LA, realize a lot of them feel the same, and it seems like this is going to be something moving forward. Is this going to feed back into the main Infinity book? It's a, it's going to be something moving forward, but it, where it shows up is mm. the next issue of Avengers, 21. Okay. Uh, you know, that's not an insignificant moment. Uh, it's just that the next place it shows up is right. Avengers Twenty One. Right. So don't necessarily look for that in the main Infinity book. That's going to be at least not at least not yet. Not yet. Yeah, because that of course could be a big problem for the builders. Yes. Uh, and then the other thing that happens in this book is that Captain America, the next phase of his plan, and we're going to see the fallout of this in Infinity Number Four coming out tomorrow, is that he says, "All right, well, what we need to do next is surrender." He says that at the end of, of Infinity Three as well, does he not? I thought, how did it, yeah. Well, Infinity 3 ends with Black Bolt screaming, so I don't know how the okay. builder's portion ends yeah. up. It's definitely in Avengers he says they need to surrender. Right. 
It may or may not be an Infinity 3. I believe it's an Infinity 3 as well. We are very on top of things here on this podcast. Because that was page, like, I don't know, 16 or 17 of Infinity 3. And then you get all the Thanos and and Adeline stuff. Point is, Captain America says, it's time to surrender. It's time to throw in the towel. (laughs) Uh, Why? And... (laughs) (laughs) He, he just, that was so. That was so play. Why? 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 Yeah. Why? I, I guess you know. It's a little out of character for Captain America. And what is this going to lead to? Well, it's going to lead to Infinity, Infinity Number Four. four. I that. <laughs> In a day or so. These. Yes. I've done enough of these with you. I should have known yes. better. Yes. Yes, indeed. I can't yeah. actually tell you the yeah. stories before they come out. I could. I already read it. You but, don't need to tell me. But that would. Uh, it's that... good, by the way, guys. Infinity <laughs> Number Four is really good. <laughs> I loved it. Excellent. No. Excellent. We'll have a good podcast about that shortly. No, because we won't remember it by the time. We yeah, get to that's, it. that's true. That's true. We'll still have a good podcast. We always have a good podcast. Um... But all right, so Caps. I mean, not not to the supreme intelligence yeah. level, but Caps done the math. Uh, you know, he sees what he's got to work with. He knows what's there. He's you know by circumstance mm-hmm. at the forefront of leading billions of beings in this struggle, and he's at the point where the the best move he's got left to him is this. Yeah. Uh, and so that's uh, as as shocking and surprising as that might be. That's the move he's going to take. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a thinking man's gamble. Uh, yeah, sort of. If <laughs> if you want to if you want to phrase it that way, I don't know why I phrase it that way. It's not to... really a gamble either. It's, <laughs> kind of the, it's kind of the safest move. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Infinity Number Three. Infinity Number Four is coming up tomorrow. It turns out that that A stands for France, Ben. I, I was, that A stands for France. I wanted to see if I could somehow mentally <laughs> goad you into it, but I wasn't going to say it directly. So I, my, I was projecting brainwaves this entire time, thinking, "Oh, we're going to get to the surrender moment at the end. Can I somehow lead into that?" All right. So we got Infinity Number Four. I'm, I'm almost want to just say like, "So what's coming up in Avengers Number Twenty Two? But because that, that'll be the easiest Let's thing take to take a look. I'll read a balloon. Nah. One balloon. I'll read a balloon. Let's get one balloon. Yeah. One. What's the first balloon in here? Is it any good? <laughs> I hope it's good. Nah, those those are stinky balloons. Oh no! It's the first good balloon in Avengers well, Number Twenty Two. Let's see if we. Uh, okay, this is a this is a halfway decent balloon. Uh, you deserve a bit of happiness while everyone else is miserable. Ooh, that's your tease for Avengers twenty two. You Not... deserve a bit of happiness while everybody else is miserable. Not gonna say who's saying it. Avengers Not number gonna 20? say. No? Not gonna no, say no, who no, they're no. saying it too. I like that. Balloon. There we go. I think that's what we need to do from now on. We'll do blind teases for once. We should. Away. That would be good. That's good. That's very good. All right. Well. Thank you guys for joining us, Tom. But Infinity Number Four, the book we were actually you plugging. You want to talk about Infinity Number Four? I don't know. <laughs> for two seconds. Um, it's out tomorrow. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll see the fallout of that big explosion. Yep. Uh, and uh, another big fist to cuff uh, laden fight. There's a great yeah. There's a great fight in this. And, and Thor, uh, Thor's on the cover. Yeah, Thor's on the cover, and so. uh, Thor uh, Thor gets to bring the Avengers and the the Galactic Council surrender. To the builders on yeah. uh, on Hala, it's a sad day. He's turning in yeah. his hammer. I was I was gonna say I, I, I tweeted over the weekend after I read the book. I said, you know, as much as I've enjoyed seeing 
Gladiator and Black Bolt and <laughs> these guys get some of some of the lesser known guys get their moments. Uh, there's some big Thor stuff in Infinity Number Four, and it's really really cool. And then we get a new character introduction. Uh, they got hinted at a little, but yes, we'll see it yes. full on in Infinity Number Four. You're gonna meet an important new character. Um, Took me a minute because my heads are yeah. still in Infinity Number Five, but I, I go back there. You're right, right, new right. Character, France, and it's, and it's France, France thing, <laughs> and it's uh, I. It was it was very, it's a very uh, poignant introduction. It's pretty sad. Yes, yes, it is. It's not the happiest introduction, but uh, it's pretty powerful. Why shouldn't you be happy while everyone else is miserable, Ben? Ah, uh, keeps coming back. To it that. does. It does. All right, so we got Infinity Number Four coming out tomorrow. Uh, you guys should check that out. And also, please, this weekend, go to marvel.com slash nycc2013. We're going to have our live stream, which Tom will be on as soon as I get him his time. Um, and then he can say what time he's going to be on to yeah. all his fans and followers. Uh, but we'll also have all the big news coming out. we got a lot of stuff to announce at New York Comic Con. Yeah, just... just, just. <laughs> Rattling off the teasers alone yeah. will take most of the show. Yes, that's true. Just uh, getting all those teasers posted last week was <laughs> three years of my life. Um, but yeah, we got a lot going on at New York Comic Con this weekend, so please follow along at marvel.com and elsewhere. And Tom, you got uh, you got books to put out, so I'm going to let you do that. Yes, sir. Thank all you very right. much. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks about Infinity Number 4, and of course see you regularly on the normal This Week in Marvel podcast, where you never know when Tom Brevoort's going to show up. That's true. You did a little guest hosting a couple weeks ago when I was in uh, when I was in Europe. Yes, yes I, I did. To it. Yes I did. It was very nice. You and Nick Lowe. New father Nick Lowe. New father Nick Lowe. His birthday today. Really? A day of national mourning. Wow. I was going to say, are there four scarier words than new father Nick Lowe? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to send you off on that, guys. Have a good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever. This is Marvel, your universe.